Okay. And, uh, more Facebook Live or live on Facebook. Uh, share in a group. Group name, coaches host engaging in profitable virtual summits. Next. Says preparing live stream preview. It should come up when it's uh, on Facebook. Okay. Live preparing. So uh, Zoom can live stream directly into Facebook? Yep. Okay. So, uh, well, it says preparing, but it should be live. Um, see, I'm going to refresh just to make sure on Facebook. Well, it says live, so let's go with it. So, well, if nothing else, you got the recording, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, um, wait. Yeah, it was doing it. I just stopped it. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, fire, fire back up and then we'll. <laughs> Coaches. Preparing again. <laughs> Facebook can be a little squirrely sometimes live streaming in there. And I've heard people having a lot of problems with that. So. Oh. Well, now I don't feel so bad. I thought it was just me. <laughs> no. Go live. Go live. And that should be it. Okay, I'm getting a message. Meeting is now streaming live on Facebook. So Yay. we're live on Facebook. There we go. Must so have hello, right this time. <laughs> hello, Facebook people. If anybody's watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've um I started and stopped uh, at least three uh videos. Um I was doing a walkthrough of the LinkedIn event and um I wasn't sharing my screen, so it was like pointless to have that up there. <laughs> But anyway, I am here with uh, Thomas Ballard, uh, the principal, let me see if I can say it, um, hydrogeologist. That's it. Yay! <laughs> and you're hosting your first summit. And what's your first summit going to be about? Well, we're doing two, but uh, the first one is really going to be on, uh, we, I'm, I'm a hydrogeologist, but we also have a small farm. So we, we raise goats and, and other animals, and we're putting together a little uh, goat Goat Summit. And then I'm going to do one actually uh, more in my profession. I deal with water districts. So we're going to put together a, a, a summit on the business of water. So those two are still coming together. There's been a few challenges along the way that, that we can chat about, but, uh, um, but, but they are coming together. So yeah. that's the important thing. It's like those are the two things people aren't allergic to water and goats <laughs> yeah that's right well some people are allergic to goats actually so <laughs> oh. <laughs> my kid is allergic to the world and uh goat's milk goat's cheese uh stuff like that that's the only thing that she doesn't act crazy over oh wow okay well so it's a good thing yeah it is a good thing so what made you want to have a, a summit about goats well we We've been in the goat business for, for a while. We raised Nigerian dwarf goats and uh, um, we have right now, we have uh, four does and, and two bucks. Um, and we, we raise them basically to, to sell the babies. Uh, um, 
And uh, there's nothing cuter than a baby goat, of course. And, and so we're expecting this year, we're expecting somewhere between eight and 12 babies. So it should be a lot of, lot of cuteness around here. Uh, but, there, uh, um, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, interesting aspects to goats, goat health, uh, shelter, and my wife does a lot of research on on this, and and uh, I'm kind of the chicken guy, but uh, but I help with the goats too, and and uh, uh, it's yeah, there's just a lot of stuff to to know, and and there's not a lot of information out there on, for instance, goat health issues. It's very hard to find a veterinarian that that really understands goats, and. And so medical issues and things like that are, are kind of hard to come by. So, so we get together and we pull information on the internet. And so, um, and just a lot of other things, feeding, you know, what's the right um, feed for, for those that are, that are pregnant, you know, how, how do you change their feeding pattern? So, so a lot, lot to it. And, and um, so, the idea was to put together a, a a little summit on and address some of these issues that we've seen challenges with, and had a hard time getting information. And try to find some experts to to come together and and give some information on on those topics that are a little hard to find good information, and get that out out there to folks. I can't hear you. You're sorry. <laughs> Who's okay. your target audience? Our target audience is, is generally going to be uh, small um, small goat farmers. Uh, you know, usually the bigger people kind of have have their process down, but but the people that have you know maybe uh, uh, two two to ten to twelve goats somewhere in there, uh, a small herd, and and don't have the resources necessarily to you know have a have a vet on call and. And they need to do a lot of it them, themselves. So it's uh, so that's generally the target uh, target audience for for the goat stuff. Have you um, located them yet? Do you um, know where on social media you'll find them? Yes, we uh, what we have is we have uh, um, and and my wife is is great at this. Is is there's a lot of groups on on Facebook. On uh, on MeWe, uh, some different social platforms, and even on on uh, 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 Gab, there's there's a small goat group. So so I go hit them all, <laughs> and and uh, we've talked with people. We have uh, a farm page. Uh, our our farm is called Sweet Comfort Farm, and uh, we have um, we have a page up on Facebook. We have a page on on MeWe as well, where we where we actually have uh, a number of people following us and we do regular updates there. So, but there's a lot of different social media goat groups out there that, that uh, uh, we can contact. There's also some, some professional organizations um, uh, for, for uh, uh, the American Dairy Goat Association, for instance, uh, is, is kind of the big one. And so we can reach out to, to people through there and uh, so that's so. So we we think we got a, a pretty good target audience down for for that, and and an opportunity to to reach out to folks. And the folks in the goat community are pretty good about talking to each other. So if we come up with something 
interesting and compelling, uh, we figure that the word of mouth is actually going to, to, to help us as well. Yeah, I've always heard that word of mouth is the best form of advertising. So uh, what made you want to do two summits at the, um, well, not at the same time, but just two summits in a year? Well, um, I really, th I, it's, it's been the whole, um, you know, lockdown stuff and, and uh, all the craziness that goes with that. And, and we would normally go to some, some in-person events. Uh, uh, although the last uh, GOAT conference we went to, which was really kind of the big one, we were, uh, it was in Atlanta uh, a number of years ago. They kind of rotated around and we went to it because uh, it was in Atlanta and Atlanta is not not that long of a drive for us and and it was it was okay but it was kind of disappointing in in the amount of information we came away with so we figured that that um, in-person conferences can be kind of challenging because people have to go to them they have to reserve the time they have to spend the money on travel and so it's it's a uh, um, so the GOAT conference was really a matter of, of, you know, having an opportunity to pull together some experts that might not want to travel to an in-person conference. And, and because of the lockdowns, we're still seeing, you know, a lot of these conferences being canceled. And on the water side, we, we had a lot of our stuff canceled. I mean, normally, uh, there's a big one in California I do in, in April, uh, that's canceled again this year. So it was canceled last year, it's canceled again this year. So people, people are missing out on, on an opportunity to get together to network, to get some information. And on the water side, people really need to get um, what they call contact hours in the water industry. It's, it's, it's basically to keep their certifications up and they have to have so many contact hours. Uh, other, they're called continuing education units or, or professional development hours, depending on the industry you're in. in, in the water industry, they're called contact hours, but it's the same thing. You have to, you have to turn in your, your training uh, credentials to the state every year and maintain a certain number of contact hours. And, and without, um, uh, without uh, you know, these in-person conferences, it, it gets harder for people to do that. And as well, there is some online training available, but I find it very stale and dry. I mean, we go out and we've looked at that and, and it's very, it's not very, um, uh, I don't know, palatable, I think, or, or not very interesting. It's, it's snoozeworthy for the most part. So, so engaging content um, while still giving you the information you need is, is really kind of a, a rare commodity out there, especially when you get on the professional side of things. It, it tends to be a talking head with a PowerPoint and, and you know, you're ready to fall asleep after your, your uh, 53rd bullet point, you know, so. It seems like a lot of great opportunities for you. Like you have a list of those events. Have you uh, contacted those event organizers and say, hey, I have a platform for you. I, I am, and I'm kind of going out and poaching some of these people. Well, that's probably the wrong word, but, you know, contacting people that, that might normally present at these uh, conferences, especially on the water side, 
and who would be willing to do it for for uh, the Business of Water Summit. And and uh, um, we are certified in California to give uh, 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 contact hours based on the training we have. So so we can do that. We're going to expand that out to other states, but every state is individual on that. So you got to go to each state. And and so that's that's a process that takes a while to, to get money through. because the water you can't separate the water. No, you can't. <laughs> but but every state regulates things a little differently. So, so they all have their little fiefdoms, I guess you'd say. And, and so you gotta, you gotta go to each one individually and boy, for, for small business, that's very time consuming to, to go out there. So um, I know you and I have chatted about VAs in the past and that, that may be a great VA task actually to, to go out and do that because eventually we want to, we want to expand and, and be able to offer contact hours in, in uh, other states besides uh, California. Um, yeah. Now I'm, like a I'm good in, plan. yeah, I'm in Tennessee, but, but most of my work is in California. So, so I certainly got to get Tennessee on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to um, call it poaching. I think uh, those speakers are, have been waiting for you to ask them to uh, be on your platform. Are you going to charge your speakers to uh, speak on your platform or are you doing it as uh, just a nice guy? Well, we're, we're not charging speakers. Uh, we're, we're basically, um, it's an opportunity for them to get out there and get some exposure. So, so we get the benefit of, of having, you know, some good speakers. They get the benefit. We usually give them, you know, uh, a chance to, uh, uh, to, uh, how do I want to put it? Not really plug their service, but but to really you know um, give a you know give a little bit about who who they are and and what their business is and and my my feeling is that that people instead of you know most people understand these days that you don't get on there and do a do a sixty minute sales pitch. I mean people aren't going to sit through that. So you gotta you gotta provide good content. And if your content is good and, and people are interested and they find it valuable, then what we do is we provide them an opportunity to, to have their information there. So if, if, uh, you know, if I find value in, in, their, in their content and think they, they're competent, then I'm gonna reach out to those. And actually that's how I get a lot of my consulting business is, and the trainings I do that, that uh, I really work hard to, to give people a lot of information and they walk away with a lot of stuff. And I, every time I do a trading, I get, uh, I get people coming back to me and I, I end up with consulting business. So it's, it's a great marketing tool and, and, uh, and it's really an opportunity to take an audience uh, that, that uh, may be interested in your topic and really show them how competent you are and, and what, it, what an expert you are in your field, but you're, you're demonstrating that to them during, during the training. And I think that's, that's really important. So if you're, if you're doing both training and, and, uh, and consulting, then what a great opportunity to really uh, get out there and demonstrate your expertise to uh, what I call qualified prospects. They're, they're there because of the topic. And if you're an expert on that topic, well, you know, there's a marriage made in heaven right there. <laughs> Is your event going to be live or pre-recorded? 
probably going to be pre-recorded. Now I am looking at at the possibility of doing um, doing the the event or the the actual talk pre-recorded, and then maybe doing a live introduction or a live Q and A. So so I'm I'm uh, exploring that possibility just so that there's some live interaction. But I do like like the main event to be. Uh, or the, the main talk to be recorded because you can you can edit it down for the time, you can edit out mistakes. You know, there, there's a certain charm to, to, to live streaming, uh, but but sometimes if, if you have a lot of time slots and, and, they, and this is the problem with with uh, live conferences is people always run over on, on time, and yeah. then and then you're you're running behind and and stuff so. So the advantage to to recording a talk and presenting it that way is is that you you do get the time slot done. And you're respecting people's time, which I think is important because if people block out an hour, then it shouldn't be an hour and a half because you're not you're not respecting people's time then. And and uh, um, but I think some live interaction is good. So I'm toying with with either a live intro or a live Q and A. Or or putting in a live panel discussion in, in there somewhere. So those are the three mechanisms where we can get some live interaction and some live Q and A going on. I like panel discussions; they're fun. What platform yeah. are you uh, planning on using? Right now, I'm looking at uh, a combination of Hey Summit and and AirMeet. I I like how AirMeet has come along. They got some some fixing to do, but but. Uh, I'm really liking the the platform just because it has not only the 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 main stage uh, for for doing the presentations, but also networking areas and and also uh, vendor booths. So you can put on a whole conference uh, via AirMeet, and then uh, using Hey Summit as your front end uh, to handle ticket sales and and promotion, and and so it's it's. Uh, uh, my understanding is that Hey Summit and Airmeet are really working tightly on on uh, full integration, and so that should be a nice combination. What I like about um, Airmeet is that it has uh, the lounge, but I also yeah. think the bad thing about Airmeet is that it has the lounge. <laughs> yeah. But you never get out because, of the lounge. <laughs> yeah, I love their lounge. Every time they have an event. I'm in the lounge. I miss the event because I'm hanging out in the lounge, but it is a great networking space. And I really like the um, the speed networking. Ah, that's interesting because the speed networking is, see, I, I kind of like that too, but but there's people that find that to be kind of creepy, you know, and and uh, they just don't like being matched up with a with a stranger for, for a few minutes. And you know, but but I kind of like it. I enjoy meeting new people, but some people they say, oh, I wouldn't do that. So, but it's you know, it's it's like give it a try. It's it's kind of you really meet some interesting people that you might not have met otherwise doing that. So yeah. So I'm I I I I have kind of really warmed up to that uh, speed networking stuff. That's um, exactly why I want to use Hey Summit for the landing page and for uh, tickets because if you go through Hey Summit, um, Airmeet won't charge you or at least not as much. And uh, I want to use the lounge. Um, I'm going to use Zoom through Hey Summit and then I'm going to use Airmeet for the lounge. 
I think that's a, a, a good way to do it. So I like your way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's just sometimes when you take a lot of different technologies and try to blend them together, you know, having people jump back and forth, that can be a little bit of a challenge. So you got to kind of strike a balance on on that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've heard of things called uh, dashboards and um, their Zoom rooms and they're just telling people where to go and what to do. And um, I'm looking into that more now. But, okay. So you got your speakers and they're uh, speaking for free and you're giving them ad spots if you like them. How are the tickets going to be set up? Are you going to have more than one or just one? Will you have a best price or early bird? So what we're going to do is, is yeah, yeah, I would do an early bird and then a, uh, and then a, uh, a um, you know, and then a, a regular price. Uh, we'd probably look at, at doing some kind of um, uh, after the, after the event type of pricing too, if you just wanted to get the recordings. Uh, so, so it would, so three tiers, I, I guess you can call that three tiers, but certainly two tiers and early bird pricing and a, and a regular pricing and the early bird pricing i think is important to get people in early so you can gauge what kind of audience you're going to have especially if you if you have sponsors you mm -hmm. really want to show them that that there is some early interest so so having an early bird price and and get out there and promote that is important because if nobody's buying your early bird tickets then you know it's it's kind of not a good sign but if you got a really good interest then you can go and and uh maybe snag a few uh few more sponsors too because because there's a lot of early interest in, in in the conference so so i think it's it's important to get a gauge early birds is a good way to get a gauge on things so giving away part of your cost to get that early assessment on on what kind of attendance you're going to get at your event i think is important how far in advance would you uh, want to have your early bird uh, tickets out there? Well, that that's something I've I've kind of really wrestled with, and and uh, most people I have seen, <clears throat> you'd probably want maybe not more than two months, uh, uh, because if if you're putting things out there, I mean, you can. You can do a series of, of webinars or short uh, videos uh, and get drum up an interest. And then, uh, uh, well, do a, do a launch, for instance. But before that, you know, you can you can have some some promotion out there and, and, and say the date that the things are going to open up. So you can do some some pre-promotion before early bird actually opens up. And then right before early bird opens up, then you'd probably do a series of, of videos and, and you know build some excitement and then open up ticket sales uh, on the early bird and, and then promote it from, from there. But, but the problem is if, if you go too far out early, then people forget about it or, or <clears throat> they say, well, that's six months down the road and I, I don't need to do anything about it right now. So, <clears throat> so there seems to be, from, from talking with other people that put on events, uh, there seems to be kind of this sweet spot and nobody's sure exactly what the sweet spot is, but-, but One month uh, or two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you don't wanna go too early. 
and two months might even be too much, uh, but but I, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So for the early bird, so. Yeah. One month, um, if you got a lot of content to uh, back it up, uh, two weeks, if you don't have that much content, but you want to put something out there, um, I would suggest taking it away after that two weeks or one month and then have um, your regular price. Right. And if, if you had a, a procrastinator's price, like the day of the event, you take away that um, regular price or the day after and you have a, a procrastinator's price. Yeah. So a three tier then. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't show them at the same time. Yeah. No, you, you don't. You just open up. <laughs> Sorry, you missed it. You yeah, know, but I, I would have a note to say that um, this is going to change on this date if you don't buy it now. Yeah. No, yeah, you always want to give people an incentive to that, you know, and and the price going up is always, you know, a time tested incentive. So for sure. Yeah. So uh, when's your uh, first summit going to be uh, held? Well, um, the GOAT Summit uh, was going to be held already, but I had a little snag getting the domain name. And that's kind of a uh, an interesting story, but uh, um, uh, I, I, um, I, I, uh, the domain name I wanted was, had somebody else had registered it, but they, they hadn't renewed it. And so there's a grace period and I waited for the grace period to expire. And then I put in to, to, to buy the name and uh, the registrar I use um, was not the one that, that had it. So, um, and so the, the registrar that, that, that it kind of went through um, uh, held, held up the domain name transfer. Uh, they, were, they were, well, uh, GoDaddy is just, <laughs> you know, they're, those guys are, are bad guys. They, I, I'd never do business with them. They, they held this up for, for months and months and months just because they could, you know, because they try to make it difficult for other people. They want to be the only domain name registrar out there. So, so they literally, I literally just got this domain name after city, after having purchased it months ago. So, so now I'm, I'm way behind and, and I got to, uh, but I did, I did finally get it. So, so I'm probably looking at, at uh, uh, maybe three months out now, cause I don't have all my speakers lined up and, and uh, uh, quite yet. I've, I've got some videos I need to edit. And, and so we're probably looking at about three months out. So it'd be, you know, March, you know, April, May, June, somewhere in June, you know, which is probably a good time. Um, right now for, for goats, um, it's, it's, we're moving into uh, kidding season. So a lot of babies being born this time of year and willing to, to, to sit down for, for, a, for a conference. So June, probably everybody will have the, you know, the kidding will be done. And, and so June is probably not a bad time to do that. So I was so just gotta, about to suggest that because earlier yeah. you had talked about what to do when they're pregnant and right. they're different food. That's a great idea to have it in June. I like that. Yeah, I think I think that probably works, you know, June or, or you know, early summer. Um, and so that's 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 what we're looking at. So it's it's with anything, um, you know, on on the water conference side, it's really looking at what other people are doing, too. So I've actually put together a little planning calendar for myself uh, for for my water related events. 
to look and see what other organizations are doing, uh, what, what other trainings I know about, and try to work around that so that I'm not in direct competition with things. And I think it's, I think that's important so that you're not putting your event right at, you know, at the same time as, as somebody else that might draw your audience away. And, uh, you know, of course, people purchase the recordings and you can do both. So there's a little more flexibility there, but, but, uh, but, you know, for all the hype and everything, you want to make sure you're not in direct competition with, with, uh, somebody else. Uh, so, so that's, that's something, you know, when you're setting up and you're planning things is to really look at, what the landscape looks like and, and how many, how many other people are, are putting on conferences and doing things and, and really do some, uh, what we call competitive intelligence out there and, and, uh, see what's going on and, and make sure you're, you know, you're, uh, you're not, uh, you're not at a very busy time where, where, you know, and, and, people are doing other things and, and, and stuff. So, so you really got to understand what's going on, you know, like with the goats kidding season, there's other things that are not, aren't good times. So, so a lot of things to weigh out on when to have these, these conferences and not just plug them in anytime that's convenient to you. You gotta, you gotta pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. Because um, if you do it, at another time where somebody else is hosting one, those speakers might also be busy. And if they're not busy, they might be promoting for the other, other conference. So that's a good uh, way of doing it, planning it out. What goals um, have you set for yourself with your, um, your GO conference? Well, the first one is, is really, you know, to kind of explore uh, what pricing works. I, I think you probably, you know, for something like a goat conference as opposed to the water conference, you're probably not going to be able to charge as much because because it's you know so so we're going to <clears throat> look at at the price points and and really try to you know the goal is to kind of discover what price works. Um, uh, two is to really look at sponsors and what kind of sponsors we can expect to get. And three is really some exposure because if this is the first one uh, really set up like this is um, what can, is it worthwhile to do another one down the road um, or in a slightly different format. So, uh, you know, maybe you do instead of like a, a two or three day summit, you do uh, a one day quarterly summit, you know, as opposed and, and you, you know, sell a membership in that. So, so we're, <clears throat> so some of it is going to be a little bit of it. So, so our goals are really to <clears throat> gather information, I guess, on a lot of different things. And, and so that we can uh, have a better understanding of how to put together the, the next one. Learn by doing. Yep. That's how That's, I learned you. <laughs> yeah. That's the way you do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas, I got to wrap up. So I, I want to tell you, thank you for sharing your um, summit ideas and processes with us. I appreciate that. And I hope it goes well. Let us know how it goes. Invite us. Come back and invite us. <laughs> Absolutely. You will, you will hear about it. So if you want to <laughs> hear about goats or water, we'll, uh, we'll get you tuned in. Okay. <laughs> 
I need Thanks, water Erica. and my kid is allergic to the world. So both your summits are important. <laughs> okay, good. Well, thanks, Erica. I appreciate the time to talk to you. All right. Bye. Bye now. <laughs>